No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. All good things must come to an end, and for the Winnipeg Jets, that was their winning streak. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show alongside virtually Dave Manuk. I'm your host Drew Mandel here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets dropping the final game of their three-game road trip. They lose for the first time in six contests three to two in Music City USA on Broadway against the Predators of Nashville. David good to see you on this Sunday evening. I hope you've had a lovely weekend. Uh, A good lesson to the Winnipeg Jets that you play about uh, 10 or so minutes of a game, 10 or so minutes of one period, and then the final 10 or so minutes of the third period, it's not necessarily going to be enough to get you back into a hockey contest. Yeah, that's for sure, Drew. And, and look, the reality is that folks want to focus on Laurent Brassois and his effort, and believe me, he deserves it, and we will focus mm-hmm. on Laurent Brassois and his effort tonight. Yeah, But the rest of the team really didn't show up. I'm sorry. Like, you watched that game, and it looked like they had a good time at Tootsie's last night or maybe at the Nashville game. We've been there, Drew. We've seen a game in Nashville before, a football game, I should say, Yeah, uh, in Nashville before. So uh, it, it's a good time. Hopefully there were no fireworks uh, that set got caught on fire. Like we were, we witnessed, uh, what was it five, was we that five years ago? Which I believe uh, was the was, last time. No, it was pre-COVID. So uh, it would it have been 2019. Uh, yeah, October 2019 is I think yeah. we were there for uh uh, a bachelor, bachelor party, party and yeah. we were seeing that there was a Tennessee Titans. We're already on, we're already going off track, but <laughs> you know, it was a Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts game. And so the game of course begins with all this, you know, pyro on the field, you know, yeah. getting everyone hyped up. It was about a thousand degrees. It was so damn hot. Oh man. And hot. then all of a sudden the pyro misfire, uh, the, you know, the, it malfunctions yeah. and the field literally caught on fire. Yeah. Uh, they were able to put it out, but in the corner of the, uh, it was just off the end zone. Uh, yeah. There was a big, a, like the whole field was scorched beyond recognition yeah. for a while. Uh, that was the highlight of the game. It was a really dull game after that. It was a terrible game. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, we saw that. And I believe that was the last time they had <laughs> Pyromaniacs on the thing. So, no, it is not NFL lunch. We will get back to the game, uh, of course, at hand, Spency. But ultimately, this is that's like I said, you just can't put, I mean, I guess you can put that kind of effort. And look, the Jets could have tied this game. UC Soros was the difference in this contest. I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, throughout the course of this of the evening mm-hmm. and ultimately that he was the difference in the game Laurent Brassois was not and and we'll talk about like I said but but again you can look at the defense of the Jets forwards which we'll talk about and again this team just didn't look like they had it going and and sure you know Kevin Sawyer on the broadcast talked about how they went through you know a tough two games against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the and the Florida Panthers but I mean look Nashville is a divisional rival they've yeah. won four games they're sure they were they were coming into tonight's game eight points back of you. Now they're six, but the fact of the matter is that uh, the you know you really don't want to be losing these types of games, and this is an important you know contest that, that you're in. So uh, I think that the Jets needed to put forth a better effort. I'm not saying it had to be 60 minutes, but it had to be a hell of a lot better than 10. Yeah, you know, look, they, they, they just started this game well. And I mean, the shots, you know, early in that first period were, I think, at a point in time, sort of 11-3, if, I'm, if yeah. I recall correctly. I mean, the Jets yeah. came out and they started the game how you want them to start it. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for UC Soros, and again... Yo, Nashville doesn't need to apologize for having an, uh, you know, uh, having an A1 elite goaltender in UC Soros, just like the Jets don't need to apologize for having an A1 elite goaltender in in Connor Hellebuck. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen uh, what both of those goalies can do uh, at various at various points in time and how they can carry your team. And that's exactly what UC Soros did for the Predators, at least early on in this game, while they were trying to sort of find their skating legs under them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, which, you know, for the first five, seven, eight, 10, 12 minutes of the game, the Jets were fine. No question about it. And then Nashville pushed back, which you're always going to do. Uh, But it was... You know, I was thinking as I was watching this game, look, the Jets are are, are are in control early on. They're peppering UC Soros with, with you know, 
multiple opportunities. I mean, you well, think Don, about Don that. thinks we're uh, Drew. Don thinks we're crazy, but he must remember that. I think four of they had six high danger chances in the first period. Four yeah. of them came in that one flurry yeah. of of uh, you know about four. I think it was about fifteen or sixteen seconds. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Jets played a terrible game overall. I'm just saying that they made they had look. I mean, until the, the period. Did you see much? The, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, to the third period, what could you have said about the Perfetti, Ehlers, and the Mesnikov line? Not much. Lowry, Niederreiter, Appleton line? Not much. The Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and and Alex Iafala line was both good and bad. I mean, they they had some chances, but they also gave up a lot. So, I mean, like, there wasn't a ton. And again, yeah, I, the Jets came out the right way, but I mean, ultimately, that first period ended with Nashville pushing, and Nashville came back, and the shots, as you just said, were illustrated, were 11-3. Or eleven, yeah, eleven three, and then ended up as fourteen thirteen. Yeah, so Nashville, you know, sure, Nashville the Jets, were, back. Jets were good to start. I'm not disputing that, yeah. but they just didn't play enough of the game once they were down. Maybe we should, maybe I should clarify my comments. Once they were down, I think they started the game off right, but once they were down, they just didn't start up the game. They didn't continue enough for my liking, at least. No, they started the game the way that you want them to. There's no question about it. They ended the no. game the way that you want them to, just, you know, in, in, in coming back. And sure, some of that is, is score effects and things of that nature and, and everything else. But score, score effects, you mean like when it was 6-2 shots for the Preds in the third period, even though they were up 3 nothing. Well, I mean, you know, that was, you know, that was what was going on early in the third period. And then the Jets yeah. finally broke through UC Soros. And we'll get into it when we get into the Betway game recap during the course of this. But the Jets are a better team than the Predators. And had they been able to put forth a consistent effort, at, you know, for the entirety of the game or if not, you know, you know, or for the majority of the game. I mean, the Jets didn't play in the second period no. or, or their or their play in the second period left well, so much to be desired. True, they outshot them 9 4. It wasn't that again, it's not the Jets just. I mean, first of all, you got to give credit to UC Soros. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the, the different to me, he was the difference in this game. I mean, the Jets got out goaltender, right? Like, Lauren Brassois wasn't good. I mean, they got two goals on him in four shots. The first goal, the second goal, I should say, sorry, was brutal. The third, the, the third goal by the Preds, the Jets, I mean, he didn't have a chance. It was a beautiful power, a power play mm-hmm. goal. But, but the fact of the matter is, the Jets are reeling, right? Because you've given up, and again, the first goal. I don't love his positioning and I don't love the the rebound. And but again, you have to look at it collectively. And, and collectively, the Jets were were not helping him out. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, again, I, I don't think the Jets completely, you know, crap the bed. I'm just saying that they just didn't play enough. They didn't have that pushback when they were down. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying that it wasn't that there weren't flat like again, it wasn't that the Jets got dominated for 60 minutes and didn't play at all. But I just to me, again, my observation was that the Jets had some good flashes. They just didn't have it when they when the, when they found themselves down. When they were down one nothing, mm-hmm. fine. That's at the end of the first period. But then when they go down two nothing, and again, I understand how demoralizing that goal is because it's crap. But it just didn't look good, even though again they had so they had the control of the of the possession or the puck, I should say. From my perspective, the Jets, the pushback that the Jets needed came too late in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that that that's you know you want to see that pushback. Uh, in the second period rather than in the back half of the third period. If you play like they played in the back half of the third period, but that's in the second period, they're likely going to come back and potentially tie that game. They just ran out of time. And that's what happens when you play with fire, when you when you're struggling to find your game. And it's not like they, you know, they're, they're not trying to play better. They just couldn't find their game. You know, Josh Morrissey, I thought, uh, took it upon himself in that third period to sort of try and drag the team back into the contest. I mean, he gets the goal that that breaks the shutout. Josh Morrissey, I thought, was a was impressive in that third period. I thought that Neil Pionk had a, an edge to his game throughout the course of the game. But there were a lot of guys who haven't didn't play tonight at the level that we've been accustomed to seeing them play against the Florida Panthers and against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's natural. That's going to happen because there are always going to be peaks and valleys and things of that nature so it's not un, it's not inexcusable i mean i'm not you know being dramatic about you know the, the what this result of today's game was you know it's it, it's one game this is sort of what happens sometimes in, in in certain games but i thought that the winnipeg jets the pushback came late they started mm-hmm. right 
then they faded, and then when they pushed back, it just came later, too late in the game, and they ran out of time. That's really what I saw in tonight's contest. And when you're a backup goalie in Laurent Brassois, you can't let that goal in. You just can't. You mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it when we get into the Betway game recap, and we'll talk about our, what we saw about Laurent Brassois you know, on that specific play. But it's sort of ironic because earlier in the game, you know, before the Predators yep. opened the scoring, I thought Lauren Persuade was pretty good. Yeah, he made two back-to-back on, really nice saves. Yeah, on some good chances by the by the Nashville Predators. I thought, okay, Lauren Persuade looks like he's maybe dialed in tonight or that he's in a position where he can play one of uh, the better games that he'll play this season so far this year because he has struggled so far this year. There's no right. you, know, you don't need to sugarcoat that. You don't need to pretend that he hasn't struggled. He has. And for the Jets, who are going to rely on Lauren Persuade, to hopefully play 20 games this year for them. And this is game five of his season, you know, and that means he's played a quarter of the games that the Jets have played because this was game number 20 for the Jets. You know, you need him to be at a, you know, at, 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 at a better performance than what you saw tonight, especially yeah. when it came to untimely goals. And that second goal is the definition of an untimely goal. Let's get into it, Dave M. It's the Betway Game Recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, the most trusted voices in sports betting. If you're looking to bet, why don't you bet your way with our friends at Betway? The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We always appreciate their sponsorship of this program, and we hope that you do as well. As we mentioned, the Jets started the game the right way. The Jets were peppering UC Soros, and UC Soros was doing what an elite goaltender does, which is make saves and keep his team in the game while they're trying to find their skating legs. And eventually, the Predators did find their skating legs, particularly after, I would say, that flurry where the Jets had, it seemed like, three or four high danger chances in the course of, you know, (laughs) like you said, 10 to 15 seconds. It was a bit of a firing range. And Carlos, you know, stood up to them and Nashville started to play better. And Nashville, keep in mind, as we talked about on yesterday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show with Emma Lingen, that the Predators have been playing better hockey and the Predators have been doing it uh, with getting some good, some getting some good amount of goals. They had seven against the St. Louis Blues. They opened the scoring at the 1940 mark of the first period. So a late goal in the first period, never one that you want to give up. Uh, but the Predators are going to say thank you very much. It's it's Trennan. It's Jakob Trennan getting his uh, uh, getting his fourth of the season assist yeah. to Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi was the best Predators skater on the ice, not including UC Saros. I thought you, Roman Yossi, obviously getting, he had three assists tonight. He was terrific, but yeah. it's, you know, it's Yossi's play. I don't love, I, you know, one of my chief complaints about, about Laurent Brossois is that he often maybe puts himself out of position in trying yeah. to make an original save. And if you go back and if you watch this goal by, by Trennan, not to say that this is on Laurent Brossois because you know because it's not somebody's one of the Jets defensemen needs to tie up Trennan here so that he can't pounce on the juicy rebound. But I also don't love how overcommitted Laurent Brossois is on the original save uh, by by Roman Yossi off the Roman Yossi shot, Dave. No, I, I agree with you, Drew, and and I thought that he overcommitted and put himself out of position, and then mm-hmm. he gave up a bad rebound. He put the rebound right into the middle of the ice, and right. and again. Nobody was bad. Everybody was watching. I mean, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. And I looked, I looked at the the shift length. It was a 30 second. It was at the end of a 30 second shift. So it wasn't a long shift by any stretch of the imagination in an, you know, they didn't play yesterday. They weren't on the ice yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's not a function of like these guys being tired. It's the first period and it's a 30 second shift. And so I watched them and and Shifley, Shifley was a little bit all over the ice, but, but Kyle Connor shoulder checks, Trennan and McCarron are both, behind him and he looks to the right sees them i mean it's a quick glance but he sees them but he's in cruise control and yeah. he's just he doesn't take either guy and again i'm not suggesting that if he takes one then the other doesn't because that, again that rebound is right there but the problem is shifley is in no man's land connor is now behind trennan and mccarran and they both get pa- easy pass to the front of the net and so now again a game that is as people have pointed out rightly 
the Jets had control of that first period. You know, the six high danger chances. So Soros is playing. And look, folks, how many games have we watched the Jets, you know, face a, a, a team that that dominates them, has tons of great chances, but Connor Hellebuck steals the show. I mean, we've seen that too many times to to, to mention. Right. So ultimately, you you can't say, oh, well, I mean, it can never happen against the Jets. Even though, like, again, this hasn't been Soros' best season by any stretch of the imagination, coming off of uh, what should have been a, a Vesna nomination, at least, or at least it could potentially a Vesna win. Right. But the fact of the matter is that he was phenomenal. He makes those all those stops. And and to me, the Jets have been playing pretty well. And, and that's pretty demoralizing to give up a goal that late in the mm-hmm. first period. Because, again, you haven't played bad. You, you've dominated in terms of, like, again, those opportunities. And yet you find yourself down one nothing. So it's tough because, again, I didn't like the way uh, Brassois played it. And I really didn't like the way... The the defensive um, adjustments by the forwards to or the lack thereof, I should say, to allow the penetration of the zone the way they did, and then ultimately you find yourself down one nothing because you were lax on the details. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was just you know uh, the you need to be able to man up, you need to be able to find your guy to prevent that rebound. That you know you don't love the juicy rebound to begin with, and then you need to be able to find your guy so that the juicy rebound doesn't become a problem as it did in this case. And so all of a sudden after a pretty decent first period for the Jets they're down one nothing to the Predators and that's where we start in the second period as we're you're joining the illegal curve hockey show this is the Betway game recap Drew Mandel Dave Manuk with you on this Sunday evening talking about the Jets losing 3-2 to the Nashville Predators they finished the road trip with a record of two wins and one loss before heading home on Tuesday for four straight games at home uh, of course the Dallas Stars visiting on Tuesday night which should be a very entertaining contest this goal is just it's just brutal and it comes at the one <laughs> part of the second period uh it's it's Roman Yossi it's his fourth of the season and Kiefer Sherwood and Ryan McDonough get assists and this is a harmless play I tweeted this or X'd it or whatever the hell you want to call what you do on that platform. To me, Laurent Brassois didn't look prepared on this shot. Mm -hmm. He looked like there's, you know, because it's not a Roman Yossi was not in a shooting position here. He was, this was not what you would expect to be a, you know, that there shouldn't necessarily be a, a shot on goal coming from this zone entry here. That was not what you're, you're thinking. That said, your job as a goalie is to be prepared for anything. And to me, you know, it's one thing if you're prepared and it squeaks through you and it's a bad goal, so be it. Humanity is going to, you know, rear its ugly head every now and then, and that can happen. To me, though, Laurent Brossois looked like he was unprepared for the shot on this one. And that, to me, is something that just cannot happen in this situation. You have to be prepared for anything. And he didn't, in my mind, look that way. And as a result, the Predators get a cheapie. They're not going to apologize for it, but it's a no. cheapie. And all of a sudden, they have a 2 nothing lead. And you definitely saw a sag in how the Jets played from that point, uh, from that point on uh, in that second period, I thought, Dave. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it's, I mean, he just doesn't have the post-drew. Right. I mean, he's got he leaves that gap and, you know, Roman Yossi's a, a phenomenal player, but there's just a, a, too much space for for Roman Yossi to put that puck in the net. And and look, I mean, it's it's another opportunity. The Jets, you know, had possession of the puck, you know, an errant pass goes to the new to the middle. And of course, Nashville transitions that well. Yeah. And and it's just a it's a chaotic play, you know, but it looks like everybody's in position. Nate Schmidt has his guy. Nikolai Ehlers has his man. And yet. Roman Yossi finds some space and and ultimately, sorry, that's that's just it's a goal that can't go in because you're down one nothing on again. I would a goal I would blame on Brassois, but I would also have blamed on the on the defensive effort by the forwards. So it's it's not great. But again, like most people are pointing out, Jets felt probably pretty good after that first period because they did control the play. They did get a lot of high danger chances, and Soros was good. Mm-hmm. But you're hoping that it's gonna eventually break. I mean, look. Both teams are feeling good about themselves, right? The Jets are coming in having won five straight. The Predators are coming in having won four straight. So, so this is a tale of two teams who are both feeling good about them, their games. And we talked to Emma yesterday on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. So we know that the Predators are, you know, again, like we talked about, they're feeling good. 
and and they of course got Shen back in the lineup, and so they went. Uh, you know, they they had that kind of boost from him, but ultimately, you know, the Jets are thinking, okay, you know, we're going to take over in the second period because we felt good. We're it's going to be a continuation of our first period, even though we're down one nothing, and then suddenly you're down two nothing a minute twenty six in or whatever it was, and that's pretty demoralizing because now suddenly that confidence question about your goaltender comes into effect. Mm-hmm. And and one thing about the Jets with Connor Hellebuck, I, I know obviously he wasn't phenomenal to start the year, and but he has returned to, to form. That's one thing you never really had to worry about, right? That's one thing you kind of put in the, this is, I saw some jo- people were commenting about uh, David Riddick. David Riddick's in the, in uh, the, playing for the Ontario reign right the now AHL. of the AHL. But, but the fact is that it's not a good, goal it's not a good goal when you're the backup goaltender and you're not going to be getting more than one start every four games but the fact of the matter is like guys there's no excuse there's no like oh he's not he's not playing enough mm-hmm. he he gets to practice he, he faces these shots and this i understand practice I-, I understand practices aren't games but you're a backup goaltender that's your job and that's 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 your job your job again to, to your point drew is that you have to be ready mm-hmm. for anything and 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 you have to be ready to be able to stop i understand bad goals go in but it's just it's the timing of it, and it's just that what it did to the to the group because it demoralized them clearly. I, I mean, they just again, even though they outshot Nashville in that period, yeah, two goals yeah. and four shots is not not a good way to go for Laurent Brassois. And again, I'm not going to blame him for that for that power play goal, which obviously ultimately proved to be the game winning goal. Yeah, um, I'm not going to blame him too much. We'll talk about that in a second. But again, that second goal to me is fairly inexcusable. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I see people, you know, in, in the chat, you know, talking about, you know, what to do with Lauren Persuas. How do we, you know, the, the Jets don't, there, there is no other option for a backup goaltender. Not, you know, not that I would be prepared to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater at this point in time, but there aren't any other options out there at this point. So, you know, mm-hmm. the Jets are going to go with Lauren Persuas and they're going to, uh, and, and that's just going to be the reality of the situation is that they're going to have to, uh, you know, work with him as he works through whatever struggles he's experiencing early this year. But there's no other way about it. There's no other backup goaltenders out there. The Jets aren't about to start trading for somebody or anything along those lines. Trust me, folks, if there were other goaltending options out there, the Edmonton Oilers would have <laughs> already been on top of it. And there's no options down uh, with the Manitoba Moose because we know that the Moose goaltending has not been anything to write well, home about either. Hold on. Stick, yeah, I know. Wait, we'll stick, get to well, later. We'll get to it later. They had a better game tonight. They won 3-2 earlier earlier today, a much-needed win for the Moose. So we'll get he to just that. ruined it, Drew. I, well, I'm telling people they can win. You'll give the analysis. I'm telling them the score. You'll give the analysis. Kids but there are aren't right. any. There are no better options right now for for when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets and and their goaltending choices. Uh, you know, when it comes to a backup, so Lauren Persuas is not going anywhere, and the Jets certainly are not scouring the market I, to try and find somebody for him because they still, I'm sure, have faith in him because they signed him, and it's only been five games. Well, I mean, again, like let's be realistic here. It, it wasn't a good game by Lauren Brassois, and there can be differences in analysis. You don't have to say that a guy had a good game. Like again, we're not here to to blow smoke or or to you know we can't tell you what your lying eyes are not seeing because you guys watch the game the same as we did so mm. uh, we're not going to sit here and be like Lauren Brassois was excellent today we're also not going to say <laughs> Lauren Brassois is a terrible goaltender now his quality starts hasn't been very good for the Jets I mean it's just a, a reality right now do I think that he could bounce back do I think if this team plays the way I think they're capable of playing that that Lauren Brassois will win more than he loses I do I have faith because I think he's, you know, we saw it in Vegas last year. And so do I think that he's a good goaltender? I do think he's a good goaltender. Do I think he had a bad game tonight? I do think he had a bad game tonight. So those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can believe both. That's right. Uh, two nothing for the Predators after that uh, awful goal. And then they make it three nothing. uh, And it's a, just under five minutes later, it's four minutes and 56 seconds later. It's on the power play. Uh, it does not take them long to capitalize on this power play. And the Mesnikov is in the box for tripping. It's a tripping penalty that happens behind the Predators net. So it's a, you know, a significant, uh, not where you want to take a penalty. You don't want to take an offensive zone penalty. And it doesn't take the Preds long. It's Gustav Nyquist, his third of the year, assist to Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi. And it's a great pass from Forsberg to Nyquist. And you can't really blame Boursois on this one. You don't love the 
positioning of the Jets. They just seemed out of sorts and a little bit uh, overcommitted in in trying to keep track of Roman Yossi on this play. Um, but it's an excellent pass from Forsberg to Nyquist. And look, Nyquist is not a he's not an exciting player but he's a player who knows how to take advantage of the opportunities that are given him. And on this one, the Jets defense and the penalty kill uh, availed Nyquist of the opportunity. And he made no mistake in making it three, nothing for the predators, Dave. Yeah. And I think it's one of those situations drew where if you look at Mason Appleton has a chance to get that puck out of the zone. He's right, got off, it briefly off and the draw on the scrum, a little off bit. the face off and yeah. he's, he's, he almost gets it and he, he fails to get it out. And then, you know, then the problem for Mason Appleton is he's caught in no man's land. He's mm-hmm. basically in between, you know, the front of the net and the, you know, he's right near the circle. But the problem is he's really not in a position to do much of anything. And so as a result, that pass is made beautifully. And, you know, again, I'm not going to blame Brassois significantly on this one because it's a, it's a really nice pass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got to be, he's obviously got to be aware, but like, you know, he could have moved over. He could have reacted a little bit more but again he's got to be it's it's so hard for a goaltender on that sort of setup to to you know have to play the shooter didn't look like he was gonna take a shot so i mean i guess he could have cheated a little bit but ultimately um appleton not you know failing to get the clear and then you know finding himself in that no man's land and then losing his like losing nyquist beside the net that's the problem right because you've got pionk who's high and then you've got samberg who's trying to play the man down low. And then of course, nobody takes Nyquist. So that's part of the problem for the jets. And then ultimately now it's three, nothing. So of the three goals that Laurent Brassois gave up. Yeah. That's the least of the ones that you're going to be complaining about. Let's put it that way. Although for, unfortunately for the jets, that turns out to be the game winner. It does turn out to be the game winner. And then the rest of a listless second period for the Winnipeg Jets comes and goes without uh, much of anything happening. Uh, the Jets get a power play opportunity. Kiefer Sherwood go, takes a roughing penalty in the second period. Uh, yeah. uh, that would allow the Jets, if they were able to capitalize, to cut the lead from 3 nothing to 3-1. They do not do so. So after 40 minutes, the Jets are down 3 nothing and aren't showing a ton of fight or a ton of... Of, sorry, are you just going to glaze over the big hot mic situation in the at the end of the second period? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to delve deep into it. It was Neil Pionk with a uh, with a hip check, solid hip uh, check, a solid hip check, no question about it. And then I think that led to the hot mic situation where the uh, uh, the the uh, victim of the hip check uh, expressed his displeasure. I can't say the say word for because, sure because Bailey's in the chat potentially, or even if she isn't, she could listen to this. So we're not going to. Yeah. We're not going to go that way, but I got to give Dan Robertson credit because I thought he was rather quick when he said somebody didn't like that. Yeah, that's true. Somebody <laughs> so, did not like that uh, from uh, from the uh, from the Predators' perspective. Yeah, um, and the Jets had some opportunities in the second period. Mark Shifley had a bit, had a breakaway, yeah. uh, and uh, UC Saros, you know, made the nice save or Shifley sh- uh, shot it wide, whatever it was. It didn't capitalize. So there were uh, you know a, a few opportunities for the Jets to really uh, cut into the lead and they were not able to take advantage of that and so after 40 minutes the game is 3 nothing for the Nashville Predators and it's going to take a significant third period comeback by the Winnipeg Jets uh, you know compounded by the fact that they really haven't shown much of a fight to this point through the first 40 minutes of the game well, and and again, we got we can't take it away from UC Soros because I thought he was excellent, and there yeah. were a number of chances. Cal Connor had a chance, so the Jets still had chances. They still created. It's just again, it becomes a function of the goaltending was excellent, right? Yeah. And and they just couldn't. They couldn't. He kept making all the stops, as they once said uh, on Seinfeld. So, I mean, to me, that that was really the difference in the game. Predators goaltender kept making all the stops. Jets goaltender not making the stops that he needs to make. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not very uh, in de- detailed analysis, but that's how the Jets found themselves down three, nothing after 40 minutes. And the Jets, you know, started the third period again, not showing a ton of interest in getting back into the game. There were really the third period was, was sort of uneventful up until I thought Josh Morrissey at the halfway mark really yeah. sort of took it upon himself to try and, as I said in in the intro, tried mm-hmm. to drag the team into the game. Uh, and he gets the Jets on the board at the 10-28 mark. It's his fourth of the season. Assist to Adam Lowry. 
doesn't look like it's a going to be a, a significant scoring chance. He's coming down the left wing, uh, you know, to the to the right of Saros. Uh, yeah. and and it looks like he's he's attempting a pass, and the pass gets stopped, and it gets ends up right back on his save on his stick. Pardon me, which is fortuitous mm-hmm. as he's able to deposit that sort of rebounded pass uh, beyond uh, Saros and into the back of the net, and all of a sudden the Jets have a faint pulse in the latter half of the third period, Dave. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, it's absolutely the case. And, and, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for, uh, was it Appleton? I think who was coming down the, the right wing and, and unfortunately for him got a stick right in the face. So, uh, you know, he was the guy who I think that, uh, Morrissey was trying to hit with the, uh, with the pass and, and look, that's just, sometimes you have to be lucky to get a, a good bounce. That's the bounce that Josh Morrissey gets. And yeah, it was Appleton and, and sure enough, I mean, look, it's you know that's what you needed right that's all the jets needed there was plenty of time left in that hockey game for the jets to get like when they you know if you score that goal you know five minute mark it's a little more difficult but with 10 minutes to go over 10 minutes to go in the game you know the jets the way they've been they've been i mean look they haven't had a regulation loss before tonight for over two weeks right they're eight two and oh including tonight's game in their last 10 games this is a team that's feeling good about themselves and a team that can generate and score so I mean, if the Jets, you know, get that goal, it's not hard to see that the Jets could have come back in this game very easily, and they almost did. Yeah, they did almost come back. It certainly was. It was aided by a Predators penalty. Uh, you know, mere seconds later, so the Jets get on the board at the ten twenty eight mark, and then uh, what the thirty two forty two seconds later, yeah, they make it a three two game. It's a power play goal. Nikolai Ehlers gets hauled down in the uh, offensive zone. You could see the boost that the Jets got from the Morrissey goal. And yeah. it takes all of six seconds. Shifley wins the faceoff. Uh, you know, it goes from Shifley to Connor to Cole Perfetti. And boom, it's 3-2. And this beautiful shot is our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. You know that it's a good shot when it goes post crossbar, post and in. Mm-hmm. That means that you have managed to do a very nice job of uh, getting the shot past UC Soros in this case. An absolute beaut from Colf Perfetti. Uh, this that his seventh of the game. There's just under nine minutes to go, and the Jets have a, a more than just a faint pulse. They're certainly uh, they've they've clawed right back into this contest, down by one goal, with still a, a significant amount of time on the clock. Just a beautiful setup, and Perfetti just walks in, and that's a confident shot from a very talented young man in Cole Perfetti, Dave. No question about it. We'll have to start with, though, of course, with the face-off win and the pass by Mark Shifley because it's a world-class, you know, Shifley's got great vision, so he sees Perfetti open where he is, and and he hits him with that pass perfectly. His 16th assist of the season on pace for 65 this year. His career high in 16-17 was 50, so he may eclipse that one by a significant margin. He continues to produce. And and look, it's 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 an all-world pass and it's an all-world shot by Cole Perfetti. And speaking of on pace four, Cole Perfetti gets a seventh goal in the 20th game of the season for him. Mm-hmm. He had eight in 51 last year, I think. Was it 41 last year? Maybe You're the 41. one who tweeted it. You tell me. I, I know. Well, I mean, Drew, I've got I got a lot going on in the noggin right now. So I'm I'm trying to trying to remember all my my fancy numbers, but uh 51 games. I was right the first time. So 51 games for eight goals. He's got a pace of about 29 for Cole Perfetti. So it's Again, that's that's what you want to see is him getting that confidence. And I, again, I didn't think his line made a, a ton of noise in this hockey game. I thought, again, like I said, I thought the Shifley line was noticeable on both ends of the ice, but the Perfetti line didn't have a didn't make a significant amount of noise to me at least. And uh, but that was a beautiful all world shot by Cole Perfetti. And that's again, the Jets are now in it. They're feeling it, right? Three two, yeah. plenty of time left in this hockey game. Nine minutes. I mean, that's that's a world of time just to down a goal with the amount of firepower the Jets have, despite the fact that UC Soros is playing well. Because that's that's throwing his confidence into a bit of a into a bit of a tumult, right? Like you, you're thinking yeah. to yourself, this is this this team is again this Jet team is feeling good about themselves. We've just gone over it, right? We talked yeah, talking about yeah. it for a while. Like eleven coming into the game, eleven two and two in their last uh, no, is eleven two? Yeah, eleven two and two in the last fifteen. So yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. This is a team that's won a lot of hockey games right now, Drew, and and again they've won them in different ways. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is a uh, this was a team that. Despite the fact that Nashville's feeling good about themselves, Nashville's a younger team. 
Mm-hmm. Right? They've got a lot of guys who came up from Milwaukee. And so they're probably, you know, they're happy with what they're doing and they're continuing like we talked about. But it wasn't that long ago this team was, what, were they four and 10? Yeah. Sure. So That's exactly you know, what they were before they went on their five game winning streak. Or, you right. know, <laughs> just, you know, do the math, do the, subtra- do the subtraction and you can see uh, exactly where Nashville was not that long ago before this recent hot streak that they're on. Uh, the Jets pushed and they had some opportunities. I don't know that any of them were what I would describe as grade A opportunities, but they had some significant zone time and yeah. they had some uh, control of the puck in the Predators zone. But alas, it was a little too a little too late for them to get the equalizer. And despite pulling the goalie and, and you know trying their damnedest to get the equalizer, they were unable to do so. And Nashville ends up holding on for the 3-2 victory. As you mentioned, Dave, the uh, Jets winning streak comes Comes to an end, but if you had said to most uh, Jets fans that at the twenty-game mark the Jets would be twelve six and two, uh, you would the most fans would probably take that, having won uh, five in a row entering tonight's game before tonight's loss. And tw- uh, what do you say, eleven two and two in their last fifteen games? So yeah. uh, again, very good records. Uh, the Jets lose, I think, uh, to a divisional opponent the second time this year, if I'm not mistaken, after their loss to the Dallas Stars. The next opponent for the Jets coming up on Tuesday in what will certainly be, I think, an entertaining contest back in downtown Winnipeg. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tuesday's game. We'll talk about the Moose game. We'll do a tough duck, hardest hitting comment. There's much more to come on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Don't go anywhere on this Sunday evening. You started your weekend with Illegal Curve on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. You're going to end your weekend with Illegal Curve on Sunday night just before 10.30. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. It rolls on. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
Shortly before the bottom of the hour, Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you on this Sunday evening. Jets next in action. They start a four-game homestand on Tuesday night against the Dallas Stars. Then Edmonton comes to town on Thursday. Connor McDavid, a five-point night tonight for the Oilers as they uh, continue to try and find their way. They defeat the Anaheim Ducks tonight. Oh, they're not completely defeated them, but they're up 7-2 with five minutes to go with. Well, given the Oilers' goaltending situation, I'll give them a 60-40 chance they're going to be able to hold on at least and get the game into overtime at the very least. But uh, McDavid with five uh, points tonight for the Oilers. So a four-game homestand for the Jets, as I mentioned. Uh, next Saturday, uh, we Connor Bedard is going to come and play for the Chicago Connor Black versus Hawks. Connor. Connor versus Connor. So many Connors, you don't know what to do with them all. Yeah, I don't know which Connor they're talking about on the Jet side. We know which Connor they're talking about with the uh, with the Edmonton side. The, yes, with the Edmonton side, you know the, that Connor. And there's, there's too many Connors going on. But that's the week that's going to be for the Winnipeg Jets. And then they wrap up the homestand next Monday against the Carolina Hurricanes. Dave M., the Manitoba Moose, as I mentioned, they had a 3-2 victory tonight on the road to end their losing streak. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? It's everyone's favorite part of the post-game show. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Everybody's favorite time. I didn't know it was going to be everybody's favorite time, but I, yeah. you know, when the moose win, I might, I might be drunk. I mean, who, who the hell knows? <laughs> well, really the moose, tired. <laughs> the, the moose definitely needed a good effort uh, today, Drew, because they were uh, coming into tonight's game having lost uh, two straight, and of course, they lost uh, Friday night to Michael Hutchinson and these Grand Rapids Griffins uh, on Friday, and they were looking to not repeat that and end the road trip going even 3-3-0, three, three, and zero. and things didn't get off to a great start because they gave up the first goal, not not a great goal. Oscar Salmonen was back in net. He hadn't played in a couple of weeks, but he got the net back. Uh, Declan Chisholm, of course, was pulled back from his, his conditioning stint, ended with the Moose yesterday, so he was recalled back up to the Jets. That, you know, creates some more interesting numbers because the not that his number came off, he was still counting against their uh, their bench, Drew, but they they do have some questions, of course. We'll get to that with Gabe Velarde and all that. We'll talk about that after. But despite finding themselves down one nothing, they did score a beautiful goal late in the first period. Chaz Lucius, the 2021 first rounder, he scores an absolute uh, beauty over up and over Michael Hutchinson from his knees. Again, all these goals are either on my Twitter, I see Dave, or the Illegal Curve Instagram, or they'll be in the morning papers tomorrow, so you'll have to check them out. But beautiful goal by Chaz Lucius, just his second of the year. Of course, he's been dealing with some injury issues, but uh, nice one. He's feeling good, and you can see he's starting to play a lot better, so that's a good thing for Jets fans. And then the Jets started the second period with a five-on-three kill, almost a full five-on-three kill, and they managed to, their PK hasn't been good, but it was very good in this game, and they managed to kill that five-on-three. And shortly thereafter, Brad Lambert, set up the 2022 first rounder, set up an absolute beautiful goal to Nikita Chibrikov, the 2021 second rounder. He is leading the Moose in scoring. He's got eight goals and I think 17 points in total. And uh, he is third third or fourth in rookie scoring in the AHL. But Nikita Chibrikov, who isn't as big a household name as Lucius and Lambert, he's one that you should be paying attention to, though. He's a he's a bit of a cantankerous guy. He's not a big guy, probably only about 5'11", but he... Uh, He's a good. He's got a good shot. He's scoring a lot of goals. I think he's got now. Um, I think he's got six goals in six games. He did get. He had a goal. He didn't score the light, light game on Friday, so his streak snapped because he had two in one game. But six goals in his last six games, so he's heating up, which is a good thing. And then the kid from Michigan, Wyatt Bongiovanni, he finished the scoring for the Moose with an absolute snipe top corner. It was a beauty, and that made it uh, three one. The Moose would give up a goal in the set in the third, but hang on for three two win. So Oscar Salmon he gets the win in his uh, start, which is his first one in a while. And uh, the kids show that they're all right. And Kyle Capobianco he has a three assist night. So Lucius with the goal and an assist. Uh, bon Giovanni again, the kid from Michigan. He ate with family in attendance. He had a goal and an assist. And uh, Brad Lambert scores it. Uh, sorry, Feathers an absolute beautiful no look head up. Gets Michael Hutchins in Dubai that he's taking the shot right over to Chibrikov and Chibrikov puts it home. So a uh, real nice effort from those guys. And the kid, like I said, the kids are leading the, the way with the Moose and that's a good thing. So uh big win for the Moose. They're back home for a pair of games. They've got a weird December schedule. Home for two. Then they go to Calgary for two. Then they're home for two. 
then they go on the road and then they finish it off here at New Year's, like always. And we'll have some tickets to give away. So uh, yeah, sure enough, go. when the when the we've got a game Tuesday and Thursday, so probably on Thursday's game, we'll give away some Moose tickets for this weekend. So if you want to go to the Moose game, make sure you're following along and you can watch all these kids. Because let me tell you, these kids are worth watching. Like I said, kids are Chibikov, all right, if you will. Kids are all if right. An offspring, if you're an offspring yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. Chibrikov's looked really good. Lambert's looked really good. Lucius has looked really good. Uh, Jilkin and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of kids that are on this Jets team, on this Moose team, sorry. And uh, hopefully if uh, Scary Salmon can ha- turn things around and keep his goaltending uh, where it needs to be. And mm-hmm. Colin Delia, who looked really good in the preseason and hasn't looked as good for the Moose. The big Moose, biggest bugaboo for the Moose is giving up a first goal either within a minute or on the first shot. But like I said, uh, the kids are showing that they're all right and they'll keep it rolling. And like I said, for Jets fans who want to see what the prospects are doing, they're worth checking out. There you go. There's Dave M. As he only he can do, the Manuke Moose Minute here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. And be sure to tune in to Tuesday and Thursday's post-game shows for your next chance to get some Moose tickets in the IC zone, courtesy of us at Illegal curve uh tough duck hardest hitting comment that's going to wrap up tonight's post game show let's say big thank you to our friends at tough duck the tough duck hardest hitting comment going to give tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment to Stu smith Stu says they had excellent goaltending they being the predators and we we being the jets only lost by one we didn't need great goaltending just good and we get a point minimum and he's probably not pretty bang on with that comment if the jets goaltending had been a little bit better and if lauren persuad doesn't give up that weak second goal and maybe if the jets themselves uh try and fight back a little bit earlier in that third period and find their skating legs a little bit earlier in that third the end result of tonight's game might be a bit different nonetheless it's not Stu. send me an email drew at illegalcurve.com or slide into my dms where i am on of course x at ic drew i'm also on blue sky dave and i and illegal curve i'm are still on- not i'm not i'm not still convinced i'm more Drew, if you're going to give a shout out to our threads, yeah. threads right now, we're, we're getting, we're almost at that 2000 mark. So Are I we? see is, okay. I see is doing well on threads. This whole blue sky thing. I'm not, I'm not sold yet on blue sky, especially, especially since you can't do video. Yeah. Can't do I, video. I mean, I, it's not really my thing. I'm not even sure what the hell it is. I just know that we have codes and we're on blue sky. So if you were planning on jumping on there and stealing the illegal curve handle, well, 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 we've beat you to it. <laughs> you might not even know what the hell I'm talking about. That's yeah. entirely possible as well. But, but you know where we are. We're at at illegal curve here, there, and everywhere. And we're likely at IC Drew and at IC Dave here, there, and everywhere as well. So, Drew, I'm too polite to fact check you live on air, but I won't point it out. I will point it out if someone else fact checks you. And and Jay did get you on this one. The kids are all right is the who. Offspring song is the kids aren't all right. Ah, okay. So, yeah, no, fair enough. That's what I get for trying to pretend I know anything about music. So, but you know, yeah. hey, we appreciate when people keep us honest. And Jay Miller did that. So, uh, thank you, Jay. And I've seen the offspring, actually. They're a good band. So, big fan of the offspring. Wow, and I remember when the Who broke in, uh, broken in the British invasion back in 1965. I was a young, you I like, was a young wee lass back then. Yeah, I was like, you were like 20 at that point. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I can make the jokes about my age if you guys are going to make them as well. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, we uh, should Drew, Drew. We should mention though that yeah. Gabe Velarde. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to say. Just, oh, okay. If you want to. You want to I was just going to say Gabe Velarde, a lot of people thought he might be in uh, in the lineup for tonight's Jets game. They decided to not play him, obviously. I'm pretty sure you know that much. But they're, <laughs> you know, they're going to bring there. He's, he's coming back to Winnipeg. And are they something about a brace? Are they trying to find another brace for him or something? Yeah, I, I, I thought that was a little bit of a curious comment from Rick Bonus right. today okay. at after morning availability. He basically said that they're they're going to get him into a brace. I'm like. Didn't we have a whole conversation last week about him and a brace? And Scott O'Neill said that. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he needs a new brace. Maybe he needs a game brace as opposed yeah. to a practice brace. But ultimately, they're going to get him a brace. I don't suspect. We don't know the schedule for tomorrow. But we do know that the Jets probably won't practice tomorrow. And then they'll be on the ice on Tuesday for morning avail- morning skate and morning availability in the game against Dallas. So whatever there is to find out, we'll have it for you on IllegalCurve.com. 
but it seems likely that Gabe Velarde will draw back in. And and yeah. it was interesting because his comments didn't really reveal. And look, we've already talked about it. We spent a lot of, sh- of Saturday show talking about the lineup and, you know, Alex Iafallo has been a complimentary piece, but he's not, he hasn't done that much that he's, he's solidified his spot. So to me, Gabe Velarde is a natural, you know, you put him back into that first line and you slide, uh, whether it's Iafallo down to the fourth, and yeah. bump Axel Janssen Fielby out. Like I would be, that would be my mindset right that now. Would be to mine be, as well. To do as little as you can to the second line, as little as you can to the third line. Yeah. But the only question becomes, how do you fill the minutes? Because it sounds like, from Rick Bonus's perspective, he doesn't want Velarde playing the first line minutes. So that's that's the kind of the conundrum that they may have, and it's possible that he has IFL maybe go into that spot and skip a couple of Velarde opportunities. So anyways, we'll see what happens on uh, Tuesday. And a morning skate will be very interesting. So make sure you pay attention to LegalCurve.com because we'll have it. We'll be there and we'll have all of that information. You betcha. That's You know that LegalCurve.com is your destination for all your latest Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba News, Manitoba Moose news and audio any time of the day or night or weekend or week illegalcurve.com big thanks to all of our sponsors i see frosty winnipeg has it there it's up on the screen our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club and he's got in the brackets there that ivan decker canadian comic heavyweight is going to be in town tuesday through saturday tickets are very limited but you can get them at rumorscomedyclub.com our friends at linden market dental center zapia group realty farmery beer that's the official home of illegal curve logger get it at number two donald street betway they're the title sponsor of the post game show our friends at tough duck boston pizza remember mark it on your calendars it's coming up before you know it it's only about 10 days away thursday de- december the 7th illegal curve live at boston pizza on taylor avenue we're hosting a holiday party you come you drink some drinks you eat some food you share some laughs you shake some hands you kiss some babies if that's your thing as long as they're a baby that you know hopefully and you'll come and celebrate the holiday the parents consent is probably the bigger more important thing that too yeah get the parents consent if you're going to kiss their babies uh you know that's going to be the illegal curve holiday party and live post game show thursday december 7th for the jets and and the Colorado Avalanche. So mark that on your calendars. Seagram's big sponsor of ours, Rolly's Transfer, and like I said, the Farmery Beer. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, smash the like button, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere, because that's what we ask from you. We'll be back on Tuesday night. After the Jets and the Stars, same time, 945, give or take. I'll be here. Dave M will be here. Ginsburg going to be here? I'm not sure. We'll find out on Tuesday. For Tuesday? No, Ezzy will not. It's it's a Drew and Dave There repeat. you go. No, Ezzy is not going to be here. You know what's better than one DM? Two DMs. Slide into my DMs. Uh, who? Stu Smith? Is that who won the uh, the Tough Dog Hardest Hitting comment? I think so. Sure, that was your right. responsibility. Yeah, I just do Stu the Smith. Minute, minute, slide there. into my DMs. So DM, DM, DM. For the DM on the right, I'm the DM on the left. We'll see you Tuesday night. Thanks for watching, everybody. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.